1: Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms.
0: Sarah. Beth. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good.
1: Good. I was oh I God. was hustling to get here today. You were. I
0: felt like I, I, I was going to be the one to hustle, but I got here and I like got set up. It feels really calming. I know. Well, you told me in a text, you said,
1: I'm going to be busting my hump to get there on time. And then I rolled in late. <laughs> yeah, so. it's okay. It's all good. This is what the fall does to us. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. I am really excited about today's episode. And me I feel too. like, Marie, you're you're on the line, right? And We're gonna be talking to a survivor. I'm here. Yep, <laughs> we're gonna be talking to a survivor named Marie. And I wanna give a little backstory as to how Marie and I connected. So we were talking online, and she said something that really kind of got me enthralled. And it was, we were talking about marriage. I was talking about how we're gonna be doing this marriage series for the podcast. And Marie says to me, To my husband before I got breast cancer and my marriage is better now as a result. And I immediately was like, Ooh, do tell. (laughs) Intrigued. (laughs) Intrigued. Intrigued. I was so intrigued. And I was telling Marie offline that Sarah and I are drawn to people who have high self-awareness. Would you Mm -hmm. say, Sarah? Yep, for sure. Anytime we kind of spot that growth mindset, yeah. Where people are willing to learn from their experiences and use it to live
0: a better life, I think we're instantly hooked. And be vulnerable enough to say that like I understand that I was it's vulnerability and now I'm better because of it. So
1: I think it's vulnerability, (laughs) but I also think it's, it's confidence when you're confident and secure in your relationships and who you are as a person, you can say the hard thing like, Oh yeah, I didn't handle that the best. Right. Yeah. It's actually hard for me when I deal with people who don't, have that accountability piece. And usually mm-hmm. it just comes from not having confidence is my experience. So yep, for sure. I instantly liked Marie and I said, uh, <laughs> would you be willing to come on and share your story? And I love mm. that she was able to. So, yes, so thank You're you so Marie, for being here. You guys are both awesome. Thank Aww. you. Oh, thanks. So today we're going to talk to Marie and we're going to talk to her about why was she a jerk? <laughs> to her husband. And now, how does she feel her marriage is a, is better as a result of going through the cancer journey together?
0: Yeah. And then finally, what she learned about her marriage and how it is today and maybe how she can tell you how to be or learn what you can learn from your own marriage. Right. But before we jump into all that, let's go to our first sponsor. We did it. We fought our way to
1: survivorship. But for some of us, our story unfolds to include lymphedema. Hearing this new diagnosis can be disheartening. But with the right care, it doesn't have to be the burden it once was. FlexiTouch Plus is a comfortable and convenient home management therapy clinically proven to control swelling better than self massage while reducing infection risk, outpatient visits, and lymphedema related care costs. Talk to your doctor to see if the FlexiTouch pump is right for you. Learn
0: more at TactileMedical.com. And we're back. All right, so let's get into this with Marie. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. You're an ER nurse, correct? Or no? I am. I was.
1: You were an (laughs) ER nurse, now you're in recovery, and you've been doing that how long? I just started about a month ago. Okay. Nurse-wise, it's been like my lifetime, my whole life,
2: my whole adult life.
1: Oh, okay. um, So your new position was a month ago, but you've been doing this a while. Yeah. Yes. And did you always know you wanted to be a nurse? I did. I did. I think my my dad was
2: a firefighter in the Skokie fire department. And so I think I like (laughs) followed that passion of like health and I don't know, hospital stuff.
0: Yes. It's a small world. My husband is a firefighter. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you stressful job working in the ER before and then also having, you know, having grown up with a dad who was a firefighter. There's just a lot that goes into that. So I well, Yeah, yeah, I do. There's stress with the ER job. And then, of course,
1: you got a cancer diagnosis. So what was that like? I think it's a sickness. I think it's a sickness. of the ER,
2: you can either get in or once you're there, if it's for you, you never leave. And I feel like I already miss it not being there for the last year. But yeah.
1: Is it its own kind of culture and just a different vibe than other departments? Yeah. Yes,
2: absolutely. Mm -hmm. Just is
1: that because you guys are? It's either in you or not. You know what I mean? Do you guys call it the pit? I feel like on the on the (laughs) I (laughs) I feel like on the The TV. Yeah, like on the TV. Like what is it? The different shows they're always like, you got to go to the pit, or you know, I need help in the pit. And I'm like, is every ER call it the pit, or is that just on television?
2: Not everywhere, but I do call it the pit too, because it almost is like you're a pit crew too. It's I call hospital because there's pit in hospital, but then the whole pit crew mentality of everyone kind of swarms to your patient and you all get it kind of settled and then you
0: move on. Wow. I never Mm -hmm. realized that that's why it was called that. So interesting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I want to know, like, what were you like before your cancer diagnosis? You obviously had this stressful job. How would you describe yourself? What were you like? Didn't want to date. Didn't want anything
2: to do with men. I just was, had had an ugly divorce and, you know, it's painful loss. And my kids were, you know, just, was terrible. So, kind of a hard person, difficult to deal with. Just kind of like cold.
1: Okay. And um, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know why it stirs up so many emotions? <laughs> it can be hard when you recall, yeah, memories from how you were before and how you are now. Yeah. It's Totally normal. Sorry.
0: No, that's it's okay. okay. It's okay.
1: It's totally fine. So, I and and to some degree, Marie, I relate to you. I. I think that sometimes I can come off that way or I I think I had some. Do you think here's my question for you, because I kind of relate to what you're saying in some ways. Do you feel like it was a protective measure or do you think that just life had just kind of handed you some circumstances where you just a little probably both just both just I just was I did my job.
2: And I think I was decent at my job, but it was that was my life, basically, because I'm like, I don't need a personal life. This keeps me fulfilled. You know, I've got a lot of friends, you know, whatever. But I didn't want a relationship to be honest with you. I dated, but I didn't really ever date anybody seriously for quite a mm-hmm. long time. This guy walks into my ER and was just everybody was like, Oh, he's single. You want he's divorced, you know, whatever. You want to meet him? I'm like, heck no, I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it a single life. <laughs> it ended up like two, like this second or third day we started talking. We were around the same age, and he was like, Oh, you're a Cubs fan. He's like, I'm from St. Louis. I'm a Cardinals fan. I know you guys are in that area, too. So he was like, he was like, this is the best stadium. You know, how about if I take you to a Cubs game down in St. Louis? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not interested. And then finally, after about three months, I'm like, you know what? Why not? I'll give it a shot.
0: And this was 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 all before you were diagnosed. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: This yeah. was okay. Three years,
0: four years ago, four years ago, but okay. it was about
2: three days. I was diagnosed three days after our third anniversary.
1: Wow. Okay. So, okay. So he wore like, you down and yeah, you guys started dating. Time. Did you, did you, was it, was it a slow burn? <laughs> did it take you a while to realize you were falling for this guy or was it? No, I mean,
2: not really. I kind of like was distant, but I planned a vacation. Like we started dating and then like, for nine months out from, I planned this two week trip to Mexico and where we went to like Nashville, we did this cruise and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm mean, going to end up going on this thing by myself, you know, oh. cause I'm not going to go with this guy and there's no way we're going to even, you know, he's a traveler. He's only here for a moment. Uh-huh. He ended up moving to my town. It was just crazy. Just a crazy scenario. And then he asked me to marry him and I slapped him and walked out the door. What? <laughs> what?
0: No way!
2: It was like, Running late for work, I'm like, you have the worst timing. I don't even know oh. you. Like, what are you
0: doing to me? Okay, <laughs> I was I was about to ask you, like, where does the jerk part come in? Because this sounds like a fairy tale. Like, you guys met no. in the ER. I you, mean, like, swept you off to a baseball game. Well, like, I mean, sounds like a movie. That's the romantic in you, yeah. Sarah. For, I know it's all of us. For all of
1: us, emotionally guarded, <laughs> I've right? seen twinkles
0: all around. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna right. say,
1: for you, this sounds like a dream. For emotionally guarded people, it feels very overwhelming. Oh yeah, it's a nightmare. Right. Right. Okay. So he asked you to marry him how how long after you guys started dating it was about a year but we had kind of lived in the same town worked together and almost like lived
2: together because we were neighbors there's only like 200 people in our town anyway so we were a mile apart so it was basically like living together working together so we kind of felt like we knew each other we're both over 40 we're like okay you know it's not like we're gonna have kids with each other so it's not like it's you know, a huge deal if we kind of make this commitment, you know, and I'm like, I'm never getting married again. And he's like, well, then I'm never going to date you again, because I want to get married. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. Yeah,
0: Uh a man who knows what he
1: wants. Gotta respect respect it. He seems rock solid. So in your relationship, is is he the one that's really stable and rock solid? And you're the one that he like, he just gets you. And so he brings you he kind of elevates you because that's how my husband is like my husband's rock solid. And I feel like he elevates me. I didn't think
2: about it like that because I feel like he's the, he's still the traveler.
1: He's still the travel nurse.
2: He still goes everywhere, but I guess he is more grounded. I just thought, I thought I was a stable one. Cause I want to be home. I want this certain life and structure, but yeah i guess well emotionally you're, you're... it's
1: always a different story than actually right. like logistically right mm-hmm. so yeah. logistically you might really thrive on consistency and staying in the same place and having a routine right. but emotionally if he's really like solid on that then yes that's how my absolutely. husband is my husband's very even he's very mm-hmm. thoughtful he just oh, doesn't yeah. you know and so if it, he elevates me on that level mm-hmm. yeah. you totally nailed it yes absolutely that's Very fascinating. So he <laughs> I want to get into like he wear he wears you down and you get married, but before we do that, you you guys want to do Boobs in the News. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, let's do Boobs in the News. Boobs Sarah's got the, the, news. the boobs to this time. So Marie, you and I, you and I don't know what this is. <laughs> boobs in the News is a funny segment where we read funny tweets from real people or ridiculous news stories.
0: Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. Okay. So, this comes from our favorite Daily Dumbass. So, this person is
1: this another like did
0: drugs and did something no stupid? there's no drugs i actually purposefully made sure there's <laughs> no feel, drugs in this one do you one. not
1: feel like every time we do a know, in the news it's like some there's idiot. alcohol or drugs in right. it no
0: not today okay so this comes from well they use a different word but but why the heck would you steal that department okay okay continue a guy oh, stole a thirty thousand dollar hot air balloon okay first of all i didn't know hot air balloons were so expensive like that's like oh a car, oh yeah I think, a nice car mm-hmm. okay He Mm. stole a $30,000... Sarah,
1: just for a minute, people don't think a nice, like a really nice car is $30,000. Okay, (laughs) I think a really nice car is $30,000. Your your farm girl is showing. Okay,
0: (laughs) shoot, I gotta dust off my overalls. A guy stole a $30,000 hot air balloon in Indiana earlier this year. Okay. And the thief just got busted after flying it to a hot air balloon festival. (laughs) I mean... Why would you do that? What?
1: (laughs) I like to know that like how he thought he was going to keep that under wraps.
0: Right. Okay. So, you know, there's a reason hot air balloons, hot air balloons are are hard to thieve, thieve, (laughs) steal. Okay. These balloons have distinct patterns on them and they're easily spotted from miles away. Uh, Yeah. So when you fly a stolen hot air balloon, (laughs) you really give yourself away. Oh my gosh. That guy's definitely Sorry. a boob. That reminds me of like
1: what you said when we were traveling recently and we were seeing all these barns with the quilts quilts on the on yeah. the doors. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with that until Sarah told me that different families would have like different patterns on their barns to identify them. I yeah. feel like the hot air balloon thing falls in that vein. Totally. Like but you're all- no
0: one stealing a barn.
1: But I'm just imagine like you're the guy that owns the hot air balloon that gets stolen. You yeah, call the like, police and you're like, um, "Look up, my hot yeah, my hot air balloon is missing."
0: First of all, why would you leave a hot air balloon ready to go in the middle of a field? Unappended? Well, I mean, I don't ready to go.
1: Like, what does that mean?
0: Doesn't it just does it, like, it take like a long time to blow up? I don't. You know. would
1: think. And you—I've d- never been yeah. in a balloon. I—I'll be honest with you. I've only stolen one thing in my life, and I returned it because I felt so guilty. Oh my lord! That's I know. funny. <laughs> we'll talk about that on another day. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, like, I would be like so panic-stricken trying to air up that balloon in somebody's <sighs> field behind their house. Like, I'd be like, I'm gonna get caught. I'm gonna yeah. get caught. I mean, that is like to your point. That yes. is not a small feat. No, it's you not. know, it's not a quick di- dine and dash. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not running out on a meal you're, there. You're not just, just grabbing grab t- balloon. Right, drop right, right. The way I mean, lift slowly oh off the ground. If yeah. I had known
1: this was the boobs, I would have done a little research on how long it takes to airlift. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I bet that guy was <laughs> in that field for hours, forever. All right, oh th-
0: there's your boob Boobs the news. Boobs in the news. the news.
1: So I want to know. Okay, so you get married, mm-hmm. and how long after you get married do you get diagnosed with breast cancer?
2: Three days after our third anniversary, we had just went to New Jersey for the anniversary. And then I had felt the lump in December. But since I was a travel nurse, I was like, I have to get into a doctor, getting a doctor in, you know, 1200 miles away is not the easiest. So I had to wait about six or eight weeks to get into the doctor.
1: Now, here's a question, because it seems to me like we have a lot of nurses that go through our programs, and Mm -hmm. they don't seem overly concerned about breast cancer. And I wonder if you felt the same way. Absolutely. Because you know what?
2: I breastfed two children. I had both my kids before age 30. I was always told I was protected. And Mm -hmm. also, so I have a grandson and my daughter was breastfeeding this March. She just delivered her first baby. And I was in with the lactation consultant and she said, you know, it protects you against breast cancer. You basically don't have to worry about it. I said, I'm sorry. You know, I don't want to make it about me. This is my daughter's moment, but I'm like
1: yeah stop stop yeah yeah Yeah, well ask ask sarah how she feels about that because sarah same way how long did you breastfeed 15 months sarah breastfed for 15
0: months and got breast cancer so i'm gonna call foul on that whole line of thinking yeah yes you gotta stop you gotta stop Mm -hmm. like i mean i feel like false hope i always i I always cling to hope on things but i feel like that is just false hope these women are like oh
2: yeah i'm good yeah, It wasn't on my radar. Like my best friend, she's like, well, could that even have been on your radar? You like, I nursed for over two years. So it was like, yeah, you know. Yeah, not even a figment of my like had my grandmother
1: had had it, but she was like 72 and I was only 40 something. So it's like, yeah, they didn't even consider you know. it. Like my grandma got it in her 80s and the doctors like dismissed mm-hmm. it. They're like, well, everybody gets it when they get that old. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. that yeah. doesn't count as yeah. family history, apparently. Right. So, huh. Right. OK, so how did your so you found the lump? You had to wait six yes. weeks to get into the doctor. You You yes. find out that you have breast cancer. How did you tell your husband? Were you together when you found out? no. Cause you know, the pandemic doesn't mm. allow visitors. Uh, <laughs> so that was fun. But, um,
2: you know, I told him and he's like, I just don't believe it. I mm-hmm. just, I, I think it's something else he thought, you know, cause I just had my COVID shot. So he's like, I think, you know, people are having these weird lumps from their COVID vaccine and let's just, I don't think that's what it is. And I think he was like initially in denial, mm-hmm. which it didn't sink in with me either. I don't think for a while either. I don't know. I, it was like, okay, this really isn't happening.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> like, in that moment when he was saying that, what did you feel like that was supportive or were you like, you know, what, what, what kind of like marriage patterns were you in then? Like, oh, here you are not supporting me again. Or like, yeah, was it, yeah. I
2: mean, a, a little, but he's always been supportive. I was just like, wow, he really surprised me. But I think part of it was his dad, you know, was diagnosed in November a few years ago with lung cancer and died like three months later. So I think uh, he was like, uh, yeah. after that moment, like, now my
0: wife is going to die oh yeah yeah I get where
1: I get where his head was then he was really he was self-protecting at that point yes yeah yes okay so you guys realize that this is real and were you up until this point I mean because you said you kind of felt like you were a bit of a jerk to your husband before your Mm -hmm. diagnosis and so okay so (laughs) how did that manifest like how were you a jerk to your husband before you got the diagnosis I was just like, this is my world. And you're like a visiting, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was always
2: like, it's, it's us, it's us, it's us. And I'm always like, yeah, it's me. And then there's you kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Not, I don't know. It's terrible to say that. I just, I, that's how I felt. But it. did you feel
1: like some of that again was protective? Like I am not going through, I went through a really nasty divorce. I feel like I was kind of, my soul was crushed and I am never letting anybody that close again. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, and and your husband, he just he, did he know this about you, and just kind of kept yeah, being persistent. He put up with me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he tolerated me. I don't know why. And he was always so like, we are meant for each other. We're soulmates. You know. He still says oh. that. You know. Just, mm.
1: just you tried good all the one. Things. He trusted that you were going to get there. He trusted yeah. that you were going to get there. Yeah. He saw what was underneath, and he was just being patient. Yeah. No, it's exactly what he says. Like, you try to act like you're some, you know
2: hard ass or whatever but he he's like I could see the love that you have for other ever you know like your kids or whatever yeah
1: but,
0: oh that is amazing yeah. and so sweet. you
1: get diagnosed you guys realize oh shoot this is real this is happening <laughs> what was yeah. your diagnosis what kind of treatment did you have to have um I have triple negative so
2: not the easiest one to treat <laughs> got a port and then you know all that Wonderful pre-testing stuff. Got the port. Got chemo. Tr- the AC. The Red Devil.
1: Yeah, I did that with you, that.
2: sister. That's always yeah. fun. <laughs> and then taxol. So I had two neutropenic admissions between that time. One of them when I was in Illinois. One when I was in Washington DC. So one he was with me. One he wasn't because I was traveling to see family. And then I started taxol, and I got a taxol fever that they ended up f- figuring out it was actually pneumonitis, which is a horrible reaction to. Like I can uh, interstitial lung disease, you can actually lose like your lung elasticity from it. So I had to stop taxol because that was killing me. So, but then I was like, I haven't felt my tumor since my second treatment of AC. Like I haven't had any signs of it. And I actually had PCR at my
1: mastectomy in August. You're using a lot of medical terminology. (laughs) So for those for those that are listening, PCR is complete pathologic
2: resistance. Basically, there's no more cancer in my tissue. That yeah, they so could you find. had like a
1: complete response to the yes. AC treatment so yes. that you couldn't even detect your tumor at that point. Yep. But undetectable completely. Okay. So you went, that's great. I mean, that's really yeah. good news that you went yeah. through chemo and then you had that response, even though you had the reaction to Taxol, which a lot of women do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you have to do radiation as well? Well, they recommended
2: it and I'm kind of being a little bit, They, you know, I'm being, my own person and saying, you know, my surgeon was like, We tend to overtreat people, some people, we tend to overtreat them. Cause I said, Why did I have to go through all this chemo if it was gone by the second treatment, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they recommend radiation because my tumor was seven centimeters, it was quite large. But I just, you I just, it. I don't, I'm nervous about the pneumonitis coming back because it's actually a 10% risk with. with radiation, with Mm -hmm. it being, you know, direct to that area. And I just, I'm too scared. So now did they
1: they relay those risks to you or was it your experience as a nurse that led you to find that information out? A little bit of both. Mm -hmm. So
2: I, you know, there's, you have a 9% chance with, you have PCR, you have a 9% chance of recurrence with triple negative. Okay. But Mm You get a five for you have a five percent chance with radiation. So yeah. I feel like that four percent is just not enough for me to go through something that could kill my lungs and I could die in a year anyway. Right. You know yeah. what I mean. Right. Yeah. So, and I think
1: that's really important to note is that th- mm-hmm. most doctors that I talk to will say it, it is all about the percentages and what mm-hmm. percentage of risk you're comfortable with. And I mm-hmm. always I'm always interested to know because some doctors are really good about saying there's only a four percent difference or mm-hmm. you know here's what the odds are based on your disease state and other ones are not. And so Mm -hmm. that's why we're always advocating for women to be their own advocate, because, you know, Sarah and I talk about it all the time, that if you allow other people to influence your decision making, it's going to lead to resentment or regret. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, if you you know,
2: one size fits all is not. Mm-hmm.
1: Cancer. Everyone's
2: yeah. cancer. You know, we all have different stories. So, mm-hmm. yep. why and does we, my treatment have to mock what they say it does when I've done a fair amount of research on my own? You right. know,
1: and we all respond differently to it. So,
0: we right. all respond right. differently
1: to it. And all these large yep. studies are made up of people with differing disease states and yep. different characteristics. And so, yep. you just have mm-hmm. to really think about, you know, what do you want, and and how is it going to relate to your life? So, For I sure. I can completely appreciate that. So, mm-hmm. uh, did you have surgery? I did. I okay. ended up, I was going to get a lumpectomy, but then I was like, well, then I
2: have to have radiation. So I just went with the bilateral mastectomy and I'm, I'm so happy with it. Like I don't have any regrets whatsoever.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you do reconstruction or did you opt to stay flat? I
2: did. Okay. I did. I'm mad about that though, because he gave me expanders mm-hmm. and said, cause I would have to, if I, if I didn't get expanders, I was going to have to go larger because I was doing the nipple sparing and skin sparing. Mm-hmm. And my my husband and I talked to him. He's like, we don't need to go bigger. Like I'm already a D cup, a full you know, do I really want to, you know, just look like Dolly Parton? No. So (laughs) I'm a nurse, not a stripper, you know, whatever. So
0: (laughs) sounds like um, that conversation went really well. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So I got the expanders and then I got a bad infection from that. And I was like, I didn't want these stupid expanders to begin with, but I mean, so many people have them
0: and they look better and you know, I'm just
2: waiting for the second reconstruction with the implant. Yeah.
0: So
1: I was gonna just yeah
0: just to get get back to your marriage thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. what your story because it is always it's always so interesting how everybody's every woman's experience with it is different and all the routes that Mm -hmm. you take to get back to your marriage so when while you were going through treatment because you're still pretty fresh out of treatment when were you Mm -hmm. did you realize that you had kind of like come to this epiphany that you had been taking your husband for granted and that yeah you were a jerk As you say, (laughs) probably pretty early because
2: it, like I said, we were travel nurses. So it was just him and I, or him and I, and one child, we took one kid with us for part of it and took another for another part of it. So it was kind of like we were on this isolated Island together because he had to run me to chemo. He had to take me to all my appointments. He had, you know, Mm -hmm. it just kind of showed his commitment
1: to me Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for sure. So he was there, he he was there, he was consistent. Yes. He was able to step in. His consistency, I guess, won me over again. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Because his feelings for you, the way he treated you didn't change, if anything. Do you you feel like it brought you closer? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: It just, it bonded us in ways I guess I can't even express, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I feel like cancer has the ability to go one of two directions. You can either let it Mm -hmm. tear you apart or you can let it draw you closer together. And I think that's really dependent on both partners, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, kind of wanting the same thing yeah mm-hmm. um, and, and really, it sounds like it kind of tore from what I'm hearing from your story, it kind of tore down your walls of like, oh, yeah, you know, I ha- you built up all these walls around you to be strong and to be independent. And, you know, in those moments, God kind of forced you to be vulnerable and to need mm-hmm. somebody, and then right. you you picked right up on it and and decided to actually. Decide that that's what you needed in your life instead of continuing to build your walls (laughs) higher. Yeah.
1: I feel like cancer has this uncanny ability to strip you to the bone emotionally. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like everything you think you control is just completely wiped out. And then you, Mm -hmm. you, you are looking around going, well, I don't have control. What what do I value? Yeah, and then it's right. like you see your uh, your person, yeah. right? And you're like, yes. I value you, and you yeah. value me, <laughs> and that's important. And it just, it like I, I, I always feel that way. That cancer just strips you down to the your yeah. to your essence. Yeah, and you just at that point really recognize what what matters. So, how right. has your husband responded to this transformation? Was it slow or was it pretty quick? And what does he say I, about it?
2: I feel like it was overnight, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. He's
0: just, he just said, I always knew you were there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That gave me that goosebumps. Is, I know. It's so <laughs> much. It's, it's, it like speaks to how devoted he is to you that he, mm-hmm. he kind of like saw it underneath even when you have yeah. these moments of jerkiness or, right. or, you know, whatever, well, whatever let's be you're honest, like, don't it. you
1: feel like all women have that ability to kind of, yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> I struggle with that. I take my husband for granted and he knows it. And sometimes he calls me on it and other times he's patiently waiting for me to figure it out, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> but it's a sign of getting a good one. So yeah, for sure. yeah. That's I a... think he
2: liked the torture in the beginning. I think he liked me being a little mean to him. I think it mm-hmm. kind of motivated drove him. him. <laughs> yeah, I think it did. And I, I guess, I think that's, I try to tell my niece, I'm like, you need to be meaner to these guys because you're too nice.
1: And that's why things don't go well because you're just too nice. You're too, <laughs> maybe you're too accessible. There is a line, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't yes. want to be a pushover and be so accessible right. that yeah. you're willing to upend right. your life, right? Yeah. Especially right. if you've been hurt before. But on the other hand, being closed off can really damage having close relationships. Oh, absolutely. Sure. And that's kind of for where sure. I landed. It's like, oh boy, keeping your guard up is protective, but then you miss out on all these enriching relationships that you might not otherwise
0: have yeah well
1: before we wrap up let's hear from our second sponsor
0: ssm health is a proud sponsor of the besties with breasties podcast one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer during their lifetime early detection is key and keeping up to date on yearly mammograms could be life-saving at SSM Health, we offer patients in the St. Louis area online scheduling for mammograms, including next-day appointments. Visit SSMHealth.com to make your appointment now. And we're back. So we think it's pretty common for women to think that it's the men's fault. Mhm. Yeah. Especially when you're going through something hard, right? Right, for sure. Yep. Yeah. So what yeah. advice do you have for women if they find themselves in in a relationship that they're not like really happy with or maybe when they're not happy with how they are within the relationship? Well, you're not a tree. <laughs> you can change, you know. The, oh, <laughs> whole, I love you
2: know. that. <laughs> I don't know.
1: You you it's your destiny you control it you know do you think that cancer allows for like for me it really gave me an opportunity to slow down and discover who Mm -hmm. I was on a level that I didn't know before yeah I'm thankful
2: for everything just relationships with people things that happen just everything
1: Yeah. So I'm hearing gratitude, Mm self-discovery, and then just the willingness to maybe uh, do a honest self-assessment, right? Of owning what you're doing to contribute and then, you know, having the courage to try to make change. That's an amazing story, Marie. I really appreciate Thank you. you sharing Thank you that. So much. I'm glad that you're on the road to
0: recovery and that you're back at Thank work. You. Yeah. Next yeah. time. What are we talking about, Sarah? So next time on the podcast, we are going to be talking with somebody whose breast cancer diagnosis didn't come matched with a big transformation in their marriage. Kind of everything that that entailed. OK, them. so they yeah.
1: had a, they, their marriage struggled. And yes. OK, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Until next time, guys. See ya. If you are a breast cancer survivor and you love besties with breasties, make sure you join our survivorship support network at faiththroughfire.org to gain access to exclusive episodes that are ad free and uncensored.